Today's podcast is brought to you by School Clothes. Fueled by passions for social change, we're on a mission to empower the leaders of tomorrow with just a touch of style. Uh, somewhere after adolescence, society tried to take control, you know, um, telling you you had to live a certain way, do certain things, and, you know, this is the way it is. So school closes here to, to pull you out of that box. You know, class is now in session. So, you know, follow them on IG, stay up to date with all the latest stuff going on in the shopping. And just for being a listener to today's podcast, uh, we're actually going to give you 15% off your order. So go to a school that's s-k-o-o-l hyphen close uh you know how to spell close.com and use the promo code straight s-s-t-r the number eight and receive 15 percent off your order uh, once again go to school that's s-k-o-o-l hyphen close and use uh the promo code straight s-t-r the number eight um for 15 percent off your order so uh I'd like to welcome you guys to this week's podcast um I know for most of you guys, this is Turkey Day coming up, um, and I wanted to make sure that I got a, a quick podcast in with you guys. Um, I'm actually going to go back and reach in the archives. Um, for you that has been following along, um, you know, when we had the transition in the podcast and I had to move things to the server, um, I made that conscious effort to not bombard you guys with... Um, a bunch of podcasts at one time and I knew that that was going to happen so what I instead what I decided to do is um hold a few back um you know some that that were earlier on um and decided to release them shortly you know slowly as we went so maybe a month or so ago we had one that came out with um the homie Yamin Somali, it was going over DJing and I thought that that was a a great conversation to have you know now that we're we're focusing the conversation on DJing a little bit more but today man I actually had the opportunity um last night to see the homie um Lloyd Musa um perform with with a good buddy of mine Ace Harris um at their album release party and it reminded me of a conversation that we had on the podcast um I think maybe two years ago now um it was a very inspiring conversation and I figured that I wanted to bring it back um and have you guys take a listen to it. It's one that really inspired me, man. Some of the stuff that we talked about in that conversation um, really changed my life, honestly. And, um, you know, one thing that really came up, and I thought it was appropriate, too, because it's Thanksgiving, and, you know, it's all about giving thanks and and figuring out the important things, um, you know, in your career as an artist, you know. Um, and, And one of those things were... You know, he mentioned he wanted me to go out and interview uh, different members of my family, right? And so, you know, he was like, start with the oldest in the family, kind of move your way all the way down. Um, and, you know, at the time, it, it it touched me in a way. You know, in the first interview I did was with my uh, my grandmother, Christine, and, and we sat down for like maybe two hours. And she just told me her story. And it was one of those it was it was an emotional story it was one of those things where you really get a chance to figure out and find out about you know your life and your culture and and, you know your grandparents man because it's one of those things where you think you know your grandparents right but honestly when you really think about it all you know is you know the basics they they either raised you or helped raise you or you you just remember going over their house and maybe the meals that they cooked but you don't really know their their history and the things that they had to go through you really just know that's that's grandma you know so um I had the opportunity to do that and like I said it was such an inspiring conversation and I and I also interviewed my other grandmother and you know I have the plan to keep going on and on um doing everybody in the family that I can 
um, and, and, you know, kind of ending with, you know, maybe my brothers and sisters. It just depends, you know, how far we want to go. But um, I think it's very dope. And it was a very inspiring conversation for me um, to have. And I just thought that, you know, this it's Thanksgiving. You know, it, it's one of those times where you, you're going to be around family. So I was thinking, hey, maybe, you know, this is a Wednesday. You guys are going to get this. You know, maybe you will hear this and be inspired uh, on Thursday to just have a sit down with your your, your family. Um now, I know you may be asking, like, well, what does this have to do with, um, you know, providing you guidance to your career? Well, here's the thing, man. Um, when it comes to your career, there's nothing more important than being transparent, right? And the way that you can be transparent is, is by figuring out your history. You know, if you if you know where you come from, then you know where you can go. Um, and, and so what better way to have that? Um, than just, you know, going and, and learning about your family and learning about the people that, that you're surrounded by and really, really getting those grassroots in and, and knowing who you are as a person. Um, we talked about a bunch of things here, me and um, Lloyd, but, uh, you know, this was around the time when he was dropping his um, uh, men or um, uh, I don't want to slaughter the name. Um, men, men are king, no men are made in kings of born or, or something like that. I know I just messed up the name of the project, Lloyd, but um, the, the project itself was definitely a, a, a dope. Um, it, it was a short EP, man, and it was you know it was inspired by Fela, um, and, and it was also produced by Ace Harris. Now that I think about it, and, and him and Lloyd produced it together and, and just making music. And it was one of those projects that um, really set the tone. Um, for what's going on now and it's it's amazing to hear that project and now see that him and Ace uh, work together on this ATL Liberia project um, that they had a release party for last night so um, it's, it's full circle really you know I think it's just proper timing to go ahead and put this this project back out um, and re-release this this podcast to you guys um, in that way so I figured, hey, why not? You know, it, it was a dope conversation. We we talked for an, over an hour, um, and uh, I just think that, hey, just bring it back and, and give you guys a chance to hear the dialogue. Like I said, it was one of those lost episodes um, that I didn't bring back when I when I redid everything here with the podcasting. Uh, so you guys get a chance to hear that conversation now. Um, I do want to go ahead and advance and, and apologize for the, the audio quality. It was early on in the podcast career. I wasn't recording. I was recording with one mic as opposed to, you know, now I have several mics um, when I have guests. But um, it still was a dope conversation. But I do want to go ahead and give you guys a heads up on that. Um, I know you guys are you're accustomed to a certain amount of quality now. And so. Um, but I, I still think that was a conversation that you guys needed to hear. Uh, before I go into that, just a few housekeeping things. Um, last week, you guys heard me talk about um, what I'm starting here is, is a newsletter. So um, it's a weekly newsletter um, that, that I'm giving you guys. And it's not going to be um, me promoting anything to you guys. It's just a, a newsletter that, that'll be full of uh, tips and maybe some mistakes that um, industry leaders have made. Um, just, you know, some news to kind of, you know, either get you motivated or get you on your way um, in that indie career. I, I really want to be intentional about, um, you know, supporting the underground and the indie circuit. And so I, I felt what better way than um, having you guys, you know, receive that weekly letter with, with some guidance, you know, and it may be like some tips on, you know, um, you know, what you should be doing or what you, you know, what you shouldn't be doing. Um, it may even be something as simple as um, a breakdown on how, you know, um, 
streaming works, you know, giving you the breakdown on, on what those numbers mean versus album sales. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you that information. These are just articles that I'm, I'm literally looking over the Internet trying to find. And I'll put those in a nice little, um, you know, newsletter and send those over to you. Um, and the other email that you'll get from me will be on Wednesday morning once you receive uh, the podcast. Just a, a weekly reminder to tell you to check out the podcast. So it's only two emails. One will be on a Sunday and the other one will be on a Wednesday. Just something real quick to get your day going. Um, excuse me, get your week going. And the other one would be a reminder to say, hey, check out the podcast for this week. And so you get that. The, the only way that you'll be able to get those two emails from me, um, you'll have to subscribe um, to our to our email list. Um, I'll have a link of that um, in the bio here um, in the show notes. So you can definitely go there and check that out. Or um, you can also do it directly from the site. If you go to straight out on the left hand, excuse me, the right hand side, um, you should see. Um, a place where it says need guidance and, and from there you can sign in um, and, and subscribe to our, our uh, newsletter. Um, that's it. You know, um, I won't take up too much of your time with that. I'm not going to bombard you with emails. Like I said, it'll only be two emails a week. It'll be one on Sunday. That's the newsletter um, with tips. And the other one will be on Wednesday. Just a reminder to check out this week's podcast. So that's that's simply it. Um, and I would love to, for you to subscribe um, and opt into that and you know, I, I just want to make sure that we're intentional about getting information to you guys because I know um, it's valuable information that you can use and, and you'll need at some point. Um, so that's it. I'm going to go ahead and get right into the uh, the conversation with Lloyd Musa. Um, and you guys enjoy your, your holidays. Enjoy eat, eat enough turkey, but make sure if you're going to eat a lot, make sure you run it off. Um, you know, don't eat too many sweets, man. Um, have a few. And then, uh, you know, drink two glasses of water before you eat a meal. Uh, that's that's the, the quick way to, to make sure that you're not overeating. But uh, other than that, man, enjoy your turkey day. Enjoy your family. Um, definitely enjoy your family, man. Life is precious and you never know how much time you have with them. So enjoy your family and um, just embrace your loved ones, man. And, um, you know, just some love from the Straight Out the Damn Podcast, man. I appreciate you guys for listening. Totally. So um, that's it. Here's the conversation with Lloyd Musa. I listened to the project, the uh, the first four records. Right. I like I like what I'm hearing. Thank I like you, what thank I'm hearing, you. man. Thank you. For me, I think, especially knowing the music that you made prior, and it's still like not to take away from that, but it's like I can kind of hear you get into your own. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's it's like a you in that I don't want to say comfort zone, but you in that pocket where like yeah, this is me. Right. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you. Finding yourself as an artist again, almost. Because, like, I mean, I, I tell people, man, like, when it comes to life, well, Lloyd, Moose, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But when yeah. it comes to that, I, man, my, my thing, and this is no disrespect to you, but when I said that he's probably one of the best artists that you probably never have heard of. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's like, you hands down have, in my opinion, Two projects that can be considered a classic. Oh man, give thanks, man. Like, give thanks. you can put them up there with anybody project. Give thanks, man. And that's, that's like, man. Well, <clears throat> well, first of all, you know, Men Are Born, Kings Are Made, it's, it's much deeper mm-hmm. than the music for me. Yeah. You know, it's more so about like um, my heritage and my culture and bringing things to light. 
that may have been pushed under the rug. Okay. Or, you know how, you know, I, I feel like this, man. It's like when people, when people have company, they clean up mm-hmm. and they put all of their stuff away. Yeah, so yeah, people yeah. can't see it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I feel like we've done that with music a lot. We've put a, a lot of our heritage and our stuff away and, and, and we, we're hiding it. So me, I, I, I chose to like step up and step out. And be like, I'm proud to be an African, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm proud to be from Sierra Leone. And this is the type of music, though, you may not understand it here. This is the type of music that's popular there. And it's huge. You gotcha, know? gotcha. By so. the way, this this is uh, Jay Gooder, straight out the den.com. I'm uh, we're in on the podcast with uh, Lloyd Musa. Oi, oi, oi. And, I, you know, I, you're gonna a couple of times you're going to hear me say life, life mm-hmm. the great. That's, you know, that's how I, I first originally met met Lloyd um right. as life and um you know that's you can talk about that briefly like why and I got an idea why but mm-hmm. I want to hear your explanation of why the name change well well yeah <laughs> go yeah, ahead go technically ahead. it's not a name change. yeah 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 not a name change <laughs> but yeah it's it's um it's one of those things where as an artist I I had this nickname for so long people called me life Mm. Then I tried to come out with a project, and Life Jennings was out at the time. Mm. And I had did a couple of shows with him, and our management had kind of agreed to be like, okay, you're going to go with Life Jennings, and I'm going to go with Life the Great. Yeah. Um, from, that, from there, I don't even know if they remember that. It was just, it was right before he blew up. Yeah. So from there, you know, I went by this name, Life the Great. Life was always my, my nickname mm-hmm. growing up in high school. So, um, it got to a point musically where I felt like I wasn't being me completely. Okay. I, like, I was being me, but I wasn't being, like, me. Like, I was being what I thought people wanted me to be. Okay. But still, in my from my point of view, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was giving people records that sounded like a certain thing that really, I really was over and bored with very quickly. Gotcha. gotcha. So, <clears throat> after I released my last project, I said, you know what, man? I need to change. I need to wash myself of that. Mm-hmm. And I need to be completely me, 100%. And the only way to do that is for me to change my name and go by my regular real name. Yeah. You know, so people can see me and they understand so you, what I'm as, doing. As as yourself, as you are. Right. Like how anybody else with family and right. anybody see you. Right. As, right. Okay. I how my you. family will see me. So now the world is my family. Gotcha. And, 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 and another thing, too, is is that, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm, I'm the the... the Grandson of a great great my great 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 grandfather was king of Mali, Masa Musa. Mm. You know what I mean? If you look at um Budweiser commercials, the king of beers, they use my grandfather's face. You know? Oh wow. That's my know. family. So I think for me it's like, okay, why not bring that back, you know, in a mm-hmm. higher sense? You know, because a lot of people know about him. Even Forbes magazine, um, recently, about a month ago, two months ago, um, listed him as the if they were, if the out of all the people in the world who mm-hmm. ever existed, who would be the most? If they were living today, who would be the most richest human being on the mm-hmm. globe? Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was number one. Wow! Over the Rothschilds, over the Rockefellers, everybody, just everybody. So, like, uh, you know, speaking about your your grandfather, like, what what was his involvement in in Sierra Leone? Well, it started off with Mali. He was king of Mali. Okay, of that empire. And what he did was he was controlling, he controlled gold. Mm. Like he had 
uh, I mean, in a ridiculous amount of gold to where he was giving gold away on his journey to Mecca because they're Muslims, you know. Okay. So they traveled to Mecca. Um, he would drop off gold bars, and he did it so much where he, it, he, he changed, he, he, he inflated like the 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 value of gold. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how much he was giving yes. away. Yeah. You know, he impacted the world in that in that area away, and of course, you know, over years and years and years, my my family migrated towards Sierra Leone and gotcha. other parts gotcha. and other parts of Africa, not just Sierra Leone. You know, okay. okay. Where 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 our family is, is everywhere from London to uh to 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 South Africa, to even um even Australia. You know, I have family all over the world. That's that's dope, man. Like that's something that I've yet to do that I, I really wanted to do. Like um, I had a conversation with my my great grandfather before he uh passed. Um, it's been it's been a couple of years now, but we started having that conversation of like family history. You know what I mean? And, and he told me like you know, his father was a coal miner, and he was talking about his mom and, and stuff like that. And it was like, man, it's crazy that I never had that conversation with my gr my great grandfather. Like we call him um, Papa. Mm -hmm. He passed. He was like not in his nineties. I forgot exactly how old he was long when he life, died. Long but life. but. You know, it was like, man, that's a conversation that I should have been had with him. You know what I mean? Like when he was younger, you know, and even though I was probably too young to even think about it, but just like, you know, family history, man, because there's so much stuff that we don't know. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And that's why now, whenever I talk to somebody like my elders, man, like I soak up as much as you I know, can, dude. You know what I did about a year or two ago, maybe even longer than that, maybe three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. I did just like this. I sat me and my pops down. You know? Yeah. So then me and pops was talking. He was telling me, like, his whole life. Gotcha. The stories. The stories upon stories. You know, we sit and just building and laughing. Mm -hmm. You know? And I knew I wanted to have it. I wanted to have that documented. Yeah. But I, I, I don't even, I don't think I realized how big that was going to be. That is going to be in the future. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So my thing is like, I, w I, w I want to do more of that. With more of my family members. Gotcha. Get them and record them. You know, put these stories together. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like really sew this stuff together. Because I think that we, we, we like Kanye said it best. We often give people flowers when they die. Yeah, when they die. We don't give people flowers when they're living. And they can still smell them. That's that's true though, they man. They can still smell them. And my dad, when we did it, he was I could tell he was excited. So he's going through the stories of how he met my mother. Yeah. Going through the stories of, of I mean crazy, crazy situation. And being that my family's from Sierra Leone, you know, uh, uh when we had the war in Africa over diamonds, the blood diamonds, my family got crazy stories. Mm. Crazy, like it's mind like, blowing stories. I, I can imagine, man, because like, and, and you know, I guess not to take away from American history, man, but when you can have somebody that that's that close to the the culture and you know the stuff that we only hear about during Black History Month, mm -hmm. right? you know what I'm saying? Like that we only get taught a little bit about, and just to have like your family can really pinpoint it was like, yeah, you know, they talk about blood diamonds, but I can really tell you right. about it. Like, right. you know, I have friends and family members who I witnessed them deal with those type of situations. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. to see that, that's like something, man, that, and, and of course it's, it's, 
stuff that happens over here that you know I'm sure that my grandfather could right, tell me right, about right. now that you know that we kind of take for granted like you know what I'm saying our grandparents lived in the era where we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like they to my I remember man when my grandmother was talking about Barack Obama you know being the president wow, wow. and you know I knew it was a big deal, but sometimes it's kind of like, you know, in, in my mind, because I'm not really huge on politics like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we got a black president. He's a black president. Cool. And, you know, and I had a conversation with my grandma. And my grandma was like, man, you don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. I was here when that wasn't even a thought. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't a thought. Like, politics in general, you're talking about somebody black being in the White House. Wow. And then now to come to, like, we got a black president. I got friends who, like, some of my best friends work in the White House. It's crazy, like, to where we are at now. You know what I mean? That the position and the shift. But, you know, it's just that. That's You really inspired me, man. Like, I want to sit down and talk. Like, you know. You know what's crazy? In the most documented time in history, the only thing being documented are pictures. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In the most... In the most inf- the information age right now is through the roof. Yeah, but the most things being documented are pictures. So I challenge everybody listening to this. I even challenge you. Mm-hmm. Do it. Everybody wants to be a rapper, want to be a studio. They gotta have a studio microphone. You know all these things, yeah. right? You have the equipment to do it. You have the equipment equipment to travel and do it. Go sit down with somebody you really, really love and really respect and get their story. Whether good or bad, get their story of those loved ones. You never know when you're going to see them again. You're always going to be able to listen back to this, right? But here's the the dope part about it. Here's what I'm currently doing, and my job don't stop. Mm. When my dad mentioned my uncle, a story about my uncle, he might mention them when we sit down talking. Guess who's next for me to go talk to? Your uncle. My uncle. Yeah. Then when he mentioned somebody. You got to talk to them. I got to go talk to them. It's like it's a cycle. It's a cycle. And you connect the story. You connect the sources. Yeah. You connect the dots. And and my family right now they respect me for that. They're like, man, this this like he's really taking family serious. Yeah. And he's doing something that nobody's, you know, everyone like I could see, you know, knock on wood, man. And in our culture, we are we always like, don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. But in my culture, my my family, they always talk about death in the yeah. time of death. It's reality, man. It's reality. It really is reality. So I was raised like that. My dad said, if I shall pass, mm-hmm. your responsibility is A, B, C, and D. This is not, you know, a lot of people talk about um, um, the secret and the law of attraction. This is not, my dad is not wishing death upon himself. Yeah. He's just saying, look, you have to be mentally ready in the event of. Yeah. That's preparation. Preparation. That's exactly in the what event it is. of. It's preparation. And he raised me like that with mm-hmm. that strong backbone to if anything happened to him or he wasn't here for for or he's in Africa for a certain amount I know how to take over and hold it down Mm -hmm. see we don't raise our people like that but anyway no I mean that's 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 good like you know the thing is one thing I do love about having this podcast man is like we talk about stuff like this like of course the the groundwork and you know the foundation is hip hop but these are stories that generate great hip-hop right and people have right. those stories to where like you say you sit down and you talk to your dad and then you're going to talk to your uncle he tell you about your cousin you're going to talk mm-hmm. to your cousin that makes for great stories for you to bring out later on mm-hmm. when you're writing you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying because 
I mean, and, and, and you know, I know you're a hip hop head, man. And so the music now, it, it, I try not to to get too emotional about it because at the end of the day, people are doing something when they could be doing something totally different, right. and you know what I mean. But oh, okay, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like they could be. Yeah. Being violent, they could yeah. be out there, you know, robbing people, right, right, but right. they using that this time to make music. To make music, and you know, it's like it's not always the great music. And one thing I, I, you know, I really admired about your music, man. Like you speak truth in, in your music, and you like really, honestly, man, one of the first rappers that were not like you know on Christian hip hop or anything like that, but that that took the time not to curse in a record. Right. And like I was like. It make you think like it's not that hard when you really think about it. Right, it's not right. that hard to do. It's like whenever you think of a certain word, replace it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. But to actually do that and, and be bold and like you know, here here it is. Take me or or you know or leave it. But this is who I am. Right. And you know, here's my music. What do you think about it? You know that that's a bold statement to make, man. Because I I never I never really struggled with that because it was one of those things where you know I always thought like this. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, like I remember, I won't, I, won't, I won't put his name out here, but there's a famous producer right now. Right now, he's, I mean, he got hits with Beyonce, Weezy, Too Short, all these people. Mm-hmm. And we were in the studio, right? And I cut a record with him. And he loved the record, you know, so he wanted me to cut another record with him, right? And then he had the hook, and I listened to this hook. And I was like, you know, he was he was going in on women, like yeah, and and I told him I stopped it. I said, look, man, I like the song, man. You might want to put somebody else on it because I don't really do you know that type of music. Yeah, and that right there, I think that killed our relationship. That conversation, mm-hmm. that situation. So it's one of those things like where I, I I don't really think about it anymore. It never comes to my head that I don't do it. You know what gotcha, I'm saying? Gotcha. It's just something that I know. I know for a fact. I'm I'm all about documenting history. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact. Twenty years from now, when people say, if if I was to pass right after I made, see, like my dad said, mm-hmm. right, if something was to happen to me, and this is what people see me as, yeah, <laughs> this is the history that I'm leaving behind. It's it's a good rec- uh, representation, right? It's a good representation. My children yeah. come up, and they, I have children one day, and they're listening to this. Stuff pops made. Yeah. I can't be, I'm not going to be contradicting, like, oh, listen, this is just entertainment. It is, but it I, is. I don't, like, I don't, me, to me, it is entertainment and it is, and it is music for certain people, but I'm not an actor. Gotcha. I'm not good at acting. You're, you're portraying your life. I'm portraying my life. I'm gotcha. documenting my life. These are my diaries. Mm-hmm. These these are my, my, this is my, my, where I am at this part of my life. Yeah. So in the future, I don't want people to, to to misconstrue where I am or where I was. I want people to be able to trace it and just like what I'm doing with my family, you know. That that yeah. makes so much sense, man. It's it's like, I, and I get it because you know we all have been there. Like you know, I've been in situations where people want my music, and then when they want to make a certain type of record, I tell them I'm not feeling it, and I know for a fact that it has hurt my chances to progress as a producer. That's mainly why I started doing other stuff. Like, I tell people now, my, my business model has completely shifted. I, I start, That's the reason why I started doing multimedia and mm-hmm. doing podcasts and interviews and started doing, um, you know, started the website. Mm-hmm. Because 
as production when it was coming with production, I had people was like, man, I need a track like this. I need a track like that. And, you know, to me, being a producer is is my art. If you want that type of track that sound like this type of producer, go and holler at that producer. You know what I mean? Like, don't come to me. It's very disrespectful. It, it is. It is a level of disrespect. It's yeah. like, don't come to me and ask me for a Mike Will track because Mike Will is hot right now and kudos to him, man. He's doing his thing, but go to him for that. Mm-hmm. Don't come to me like I make my type of music and I struggle with that as a producer because I was like, man, you know, it's that thin line. Like, is it about your art or is it about getting paid? Right. And it was like, right. Right. you know something? It's true, but I would feel 10 times better about myself knowing that I made it my way. But you know what, though? This is this is probably something you have to learn how to balance. And this is coming from an artist standpoint and a producer standpoint. Mm-hmm. You have to work with people that you respect. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead and You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, go ahead and, yeah. That is the number one thing. Like, everybody right now is chasing hit records. Mm-hmm. But they're not chasing relationships. Exactly. And if you look in the history, it has always been relationships that make great, timeless, classic music. Exactly. You can look back at Michael Jackson and, and um, Quincy? Quincy Jones. Yep. You can look at Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's relationships. You can look at Timberland and Missy. Yep. You understand me? Timberland and Aaliyah. These are I the people agree. that loved each other, that were family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they created music. So when they had these conversations, like, yo, I think we should do a record like Mike Will... They can talk through that and work it out. Like, all right, man, like we may not let's, let's figure something else out. Exactly. Because you respect their their mind. But when it's somebody you don't know that comes into you, but keep in mind too, also, they don't know you. That's true. Sometimes, in some cases. Yeah, yeah. I I agree you know, with so that one hundred percent. Let me come in with a plan. I agree with that. You know what I mean? It, and, and it's funny when you say that. That's what I had to learn for myself. I was like, you know what to. Cut that problem and, and, and really, well, not necessarily get rid of that problem, but what I had to do was like, okay, work with people that appreciate your music for what it is, and the music will sound totally different. It'll sound like a better presentation because of course. I tell people, man, I was like, look, I like the sample. I, I make, you know, my sample driven stuff to me sounds 10 times better than my other stuff right, because right. when I make other stuff, I try right, right, too much. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, when I sample, I'm in I'm I'm in my zone because I'm listening to the music and I'm appreciating music for, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of like a hip hop purist, man. Like I go back and research mm. all of those producers, what they did, and was like, you know, like I, it's something about finding a sample and then recreating that art, man. Because that, you know, when. I don't know if you you ran into this man, but like sometimes with producers, man, you have people like, oh man, you sampling that, like you um you ain't creative, and I'm like, dude, yeah, you don't even yeah. realize the field that you're in, hip hop, what you yeah. are, without What's these records, on that? yeah, you went better to do what you're doing right, right now. Like these right. records is all they had. They had records. They had eight sample. I mean, eight seconds of sample time, and that was it. So they had to find yeah. the breaks in the records. Right, right. Find and, the horns and, and all of that, and, yeah, loop, and them. loop them, and be creative yeah. like that, man. And it's like for people not to realize that, like I'm saying, nothing wrong with the people that come in and, and can play out the, you know, pose all this, do all that. That's yeah. great because to me, that's a musician, right. and you know what I mean. That, but don't forget about the, the records, man. Cause, I think I think what you're saying is is perfect. Like when when hip hop originated, we had nobody playing these break beats. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always a pause in the middle of like a. Um, a James Brown, I mean, a moment in the middle of a James Brown record where it was just 
tracks. Yeah. So they would spin it and they would loop it. It was even to the point where they would they would take the kick because I DJ too. Mm-hmm. So they would take the kick and play the kick and play the kick part of the, the record like mm-hmm. yep. you know what I'm saying they would scratch that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that kick that's sampling without sampling it would, hip hop would not exist at all it wouldn't so going into this project um, you know I, man I've worked with the most musical people people that play the, mo- the, the, the greatest instruments like you know uh, every instrument mm-hmm. and all these tracks I mean, you know, I'm not going to name names. That's not what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, no, no, but no, it's all good. <clears throat> they got hit records, and I'll come to the studio, and I'll listen to the music, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know. And I'll leave with nothing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So one of my cousins gave me, he was like, look, man, you're a producer. He's like, why don't you just make your own records? But I knew, I knew, I, this is where I, I had the aha moment. I figured out my problem because I knew what I wanted. I had what I wanted. But I needed a producer, another producer to play certain chords that I heard in my head. Yeah. Play certain strings and certain instruments that I heard in my head on top of these samples. Mm-hmm. So, my good homie, Ace Harris. <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends, by the way, man. That's my brother, yeah. Definitely my brother. Yeah, one half of the hypnotics, man. Um, he's, he's also from Liberia, so I yeah. knew. And our relationship is ten, like 10 years mm-hmm. going on. Musically, I respected him beyond, you know, any other person that I had really worked with. So, I had these samples, man, and I got the machine, which is a made by Native Instruments. Mm-hmm. And I started sampling Fela, you know, which is a Nigerian artist. And um, he has the, the, the coldest horns. The, I mean, just crazy. Yeah. Crazy music. So, I started sampling him, and I have, all, I have the song done. Sample wise, yeah, all this, this stuff changes going, and I'm like, I right, ace, this is what I got today. <laughs> okay, I want to hear some. What do you think about some chords on here? Some key chords, you mess around stuff like ah, that's it. All right, let's do drums. Let's do drums. Boom, boom, boom. Now, why don't you try it like this? And he was like, Nah, let's try it like this. You know, and then all of a sudden, this music just started being created, mm-hmm. and I was like, Aha, that's it. So, without sampling, man, I mean, this project. First of all, it's it's homage. It pays homage to um, Fela, which is a um, like I said, a Nigerian artist who created this sound called Afrobeat. Mm-hmm. And you know, not to, to to veer off, but Fela is one of the most influential artists in the world. In the world, he is on the level of Bob Marley. Mm. I mean, he's he's, I mean, he's he's a political activist. You know, just he just plays multiple instruments. He is like James Brown meets uh, in all forms, like say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud type of thing. Got it, okay. And, okay. and, and, and you know, Bob Marley, you know, um, redemption song, like that real spiritual, but he'll keep you dancing. And it's just so inspiring. So my cousin, um, Satin Gauja, got with Jay-Z. He got with um, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, mm-hmm. who are executive producers of the Broadway f- play, Fela. Yeah. So my cousin originated that character in Broadway. Then my other cousin, when Sa was done, started being his understudy, and now he is playing Fela. 
you know. Gotcha. In Broadway. And we were just, as Africans, we're tied into Fela. So I thought it to be right as a, as not only am I inspired by Fela's music, mm-hmm. I thought it would only make sense for me to package this up. Yeah. And roll with him on this whole experience. It, it, it's perfect timing, man. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. um, and I, you know, I don't like the town stamp, but we're going to release this soon. So, you know, okay. I know that the, um, you just released the pro the first four records of the project. Yes, yes, yes The yes. same day as the uh, the opening in the, in the Atlanta um, yes, yes. show, and it, and you had the show last night, which I heard was right. was was great. I, I wanted to be there, man. I, I just I had an early meeting early this morning, morning, man, and I was just like, I, it's gonna be hard for me to make it, man. Yeah, but man. I heard it was crazy. I heard oh, it was crazy. Man. Thanks, man. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you miss that, if you miss that moment, now why for you? That's what we said. <laughs> now why for you? Yeah, did you get some video of it? Yeah, I got I got a company to film it. Okay, um, also has some you know footage of all these cameras that have just been popping up. Gotcha. You know, man, they want to send me stuff, so I'm gonna go through all of this stuff and try to put it out, put the video out. But it was crazy, man. It was 15 minutes of the world like stopping on on access. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because access is just the world just stopped. Yeah, it was a yeah. Moment, man. That, that, and man, that's 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 what you live for, man. Those moments, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, that man. that's a time stamp in, in history that you're gonna always like. Somebody interview you, that's a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, man, I remember when I, you know, did this project, and you know, the show that we had was just crazy, like beyond measure of what you probably can even imagine. Right. right. And that's that's the story that's going to carry on. Hey, I know you're enjoying the conversation with Lloyd Moose. I just want to take the time out right now to tell you guys about Lander. Uh, based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So, you know, j- just for being a listener to today's podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. Um, all you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d you go there you're going to get a free trial that's two free mp3s um and also check this out the uh the lander desktop app is now available i've been using it now for the past mm, maybe the past three or four weeks now um it's very dope um it's you there's a new feature now that's bulk um bulk uploading now you can do multiple masters at one time um to get everything done so it's very quick um i'm loving it um but you know just try it out man go to lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d uh go there you're going to get a free trial two free free mp3s um so just a free gift for being a listen to the podcast we appreciate you and um, lender appreciate you as well so go and check it out and let me know what you think Uh, now back to our conversation with lloyd musa like with, with the uh, the project first off what how did you come up with that title for the project and um like what's the inspiration or the you know the meaning if you want behind to call the it title. behind the title yeah well the name of the project is called men are born kings are made and you know with me and my background my, my royalty background if you want to call it that um just my family heritage mm. you know they, they, they call my dad Mansa, and like Mansa Musa, they call him Mansa, right? Okay. Is that so, what? What does that mean? Something? Um, that's a good question. I really don't know what that okay. means. I, I I've read it before somewhere, but I need to I need to uh, uh, you know refresh, refresh my memory of exactly what Mansa gotcha. means. But um, anyway, he he um they call him Mansa, but you know obviously over time. 
our our family has had our riches taken away from us and stolen mm. and people you know all sorts of stuff that yeah. left us with nothing you know what i mean mm -hmm. so the title men are born kings are made means multiple things for me personally it means the rise back too even okay. though i was born a regular kid a regular boy yeah i had this heritage you know but if i don't say nothing about it I'm not going to make myself, and, uh, and nobody's going to know. Yeah, nobody's going to know. Yeah, you exactly. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to make myself, as a regular person who's a, from a man, mm -hmm. from, a, from a prince to a king, from a man, from a regular man to living the life of letting everybody know who my fam what my family is and mm -hmm. bringing that back into the forefront. Gotcha. Now, for, for some people, they look at the title, Men of Born, Kings and Made, it's like, Look, whatever struggles you go through in your life, know that you're a king, know that you're the king of your castle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Know that like you can be born a regular man or a peasant in some people's eyes and rise to power. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I hate to use certain people, you know, but you know, like like, you know, I am not gonna do that. But any somebody <laughs> in political who might have gained political power yeah. and controlled the masses were once like like nobody. Nobody, yeah. I got you. You know what I, I got mean? You. Yeah. I mean it 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 makes a lot of sense. It it's kinda like um I guess just to bring it down to something where everybody can kind of relate to it. It's like that girl in high school was, you know, tall, skinny, lanky right, girl in high school right, that right. everybody was like, who is, who that? is that? You know, you know <laughs> she's, you know, you picked on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 10 years later, high school reunion, she's not she's there because swan. she's a supermodel somewhere. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, you didn't see her as that. You, you saw her as something completely not worth anything right. in a sense, you know, not, to really just, you know, the greater, but <laughs> that's what, you know, as kids, yeah. that's what you see. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, man, later on, you're like, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's all kind of stories yeah. like that. It's the kid that, you know, the artsy dude in elementary school and middle school who people may have cracked on and picked mm -hmm. on turned out to be kind of, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, everybody has those stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the stuff that you did that was outside the norm to everybody else and because it was outside the norm to everybody else they you know picked on you about it but you know you had something going on right there mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you stuck with it and you didn't allow that you know what i mean you lose your identity and what everybody else thought about right. and you grew to be you know something great man it's crazy so you know men are born kings and made is like you know don't think you have to be born into royalty mm -hmm. to become great yeah you know, it's dope, man. It's dope title. Like I didn't even look at it like that. You know what I mean? Until we had this conversation. So you know? how did you look at it? When I saw it, man, I looked at it. I like almost. I like to hear these stories, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, man. I, I looked. Now I took the first sentence literal, like you know, men are born. Like okay, mm -hmm. we are born men. Mm -hmm. But then kings are made. I kind of looked at it like somebody has to make you a king, in a sense. Like you, mm -hmm. you can't just. Like men, we're born. We're born like okay. You're you don't have any entitlement to being born. Like, uh, but to be a king, somebody has to put you in that position right, in a sense. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, so right. that's what I th when I saw it. That's what I thought about. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right so on. and that's good. Like I man, you know, I haven't done a lot of interviews about the title, mm -hmm. but I want people to grab from it what they grab from it. I mean, it still makes sense. You know, it yes. makes sense to me. It is what you said inspires me with the title. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes, man, I make music. I promise you, man, like, it's going to sound crazy, man. I, I make music, and I don't even know what I'm doing. 
I have an idea of what I want. It's almost like you can you can see the shape of the sculpture, but you can't see the details of it. Gotcha. You know this is the shape of the sculpture you want to uh, carve out or you want to mold. Yeah. But you can't see the eyes or you can't see the the the, the shape of the lips. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. or the eyelashes, the yeah. details and that, right? So I looked, my album was like that. I knew what I wanted to do. But I, I, I let, for me it's like this. I let, I let God guide my, my hand into carving the details. Mm -hmm. I said, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I'm never fully aware of the things that I say. Okay. In every sense of the, in every sense of the word, because certain things that I say, I'm aware of it, but I'm not, I'm not controlling it. it it's, I feel like it's not me. Yeah. You know, you know that, Exactly, it's not you doing that. You know that God is helping you exactly. bring that exactly. message to the other people. And that's so important else. for people to know that. Mm -hmm. That's so important for people to know that because that alignment, that align, that spiritual alignment mm -hmm. has aligned me with great things to where to say great things and, and make great music to where I promise you, I would I would record a song and then I would listen to it like I never heard it before. Mm. Like I never heard it before. Like it's brand new to me. That's, that's like it's not even me. That's I, deep. That's how bro. I listen to my music. That's yeah. how I hear my music. I don't hear my music like, cause I I I feel like I'm not that great. Mm -hmm. I'm, I can't be that great. You know what I'm saying? I gotta have a real spiritual ghostwriter. The ghostwriter, like a yeah. You know, you know, it's spiritual for me. So when I listen to it, I'm not listening to myself like, oh, look how great you sound. I'm listening to myself like. Who is this? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, that was that was brilliant. I like, I thank you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, man, that's that's so important, dude. Because that that spiritual aspect is the the area in hip hop where people are scared to they talk scared about of that. They, they're scared important. of it, man. I saw an interview, and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about like you have. I think it, it was um. The uh, Breakfast Club at Power Power One Hundred Five in New mm -hmm. York. In New York, yeah. but they were um, they were interviewing Tyrese and Rev Run, and Tyrese was saying like, "You have these rappers, man, that portray a certain image, but they pray to God before they go out to their show." Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then so they pray to God before they go to their show to protect them, to protect them from all the stuff that they talk. Calling on to themselves. Exactly, actually. and it's like, and then when, once they get through the show. Then they go back home to, to praise God for getting me through the show. But then you go right back to doing what you were doing. So it's kind of like, it's so crazy. It was a cycle that you were saying, like, people are hurting themselves, man. Because you basically, in a sense, you, you're testing God. You're like, hey, God, help me get out of this situation. But I'm going to put myself right in right. it. You know what I mean? And it's right, like, right, right. it's different than God putting you in that situation. It's you putting yourself, you put in, yourself that. in that. You know what I mean? And it's like... Dude, when he said that, I was like, man, that is so true. Like, you see it. Every concert, before the concert, mm -hmm. pray like, God, give me a good show. Protect protect this tour bus. Protect everything that's mm -hmm. going on. And then you get there and is kill this person, shoot this person. Because you know why? For some reason, for some reason, hip-hop artists have separated who they are from what they do. Mm. And... And you know, I don't know where it happened. 
I don't know where it happened because, you know, and some people like to, you know, blame the, I guess you can say it happened with like, you know, the, the gangster music with the West Coast and all that. But the one thing that I appreciate about that was they broadcast what was actually going on where they were. You know what I mean? Now you have people talk about stuff who've never seen that life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying don't glorify the hood. Like, I grew up and my parents worked hard to make sure that we were okay. Like, we grew up in a low middle, you know, middle mm-hmm. income um, area. But I seen a lot. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I seen all kind of stuff. Like, I grew up around people that I got people right now, like, locked up. I got some of my, my friends from school that are dead and gone. Yeah, me too. And, you know, you see stuff, but when, back then you don't think about it. It's like, oh, you're a kid, you're growing up, whatever. But, you know, you see it, and it's like you hear these people who never saw anything. And, and, and it's like they glorify it so much, and they talk about it so much. Like, now the new phase is Molly. You right, got so right, many people right, talking about right, Molly right. who probably never even touched it. Right. Never touched it, but... These kids don't see that. All they see is like, oh, Molly's the new thing. Let me pop a Molly. They don't even know. You know what, man? I talk about this a lot. I talk about this a lot. Um, It's it's one of those things where it has always been happening throughout history. If you look at it, Mm -hmm. if you look at, I remember back in the day, right? My pastor used to tell me this. I, I said this story recently. So I would I would watch wrestling WWF mm-hmm. as a fan. Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah, you know, Macho Man Warrior, Salt, Savage, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Break the Hitman, yeah, like all these guys. I was a fan. I'm like pops. This stuff is real. Mm-hmm. My pops looking at me like, like Lloyd, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's real, not, man. it's not real. And I'm like, you can't. Are you saying to me and like these guys? Are you kidding me? These guys are bleeding. Yeah, for for this sport, like they really hitting each other. Yeah. My pops like, look, Lloyd, it's not real, right? And then. And then here's my nephew now, right? And he got all of these new wrestlers that he's watching, right? And I yeah. know now. Yeah, you know. I know now. So now I'm telling my nephew, J Boy, you, you know that's not real. That's like, are you serious? Yeah. It can't be. And I just laugh in my head like that. I, I was you. Yeah, he was him. It, so, it's a cycle. You see it. So I said that to say this: there's always been music to be made where older people, people that were a, a little bit more wiser, said mm-hmm. that. Why are you why, why are you guys doing that? Mm. You know, in the disco era, I know there was some old heads like you guys are doing cocaine in the club yeah. and y'all having sex in the club with yeah. people. That can't be right. Mm-hmm. And then and people that were doing it like, oh come on, man! Like this is what's yeah, in yeah, right this now. Is what's in. We're having fun. You know, it's 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 something that has been happening through history. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But the difference in rap music and the difference is is this for me. There is no balance. When you mentioned NWA, we also had Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also had The Far Side. We also yeah. had, um, you know, uh, um, I mean, I mean, countless of other, you know, other people who were aware of what they were talking about. And they exactly. were just as popular. Mm-hmm. That's true. You understand what I'm saying? Both East, West Coast, um, DMV, you know, the, the Virginia, the district area. Yeah. That's and down south, like and with with, with outcast okay. and all them, yeah, it was a balance. Yeah, look, I don't mind. Like, I'm not, I'm not some one of them guys that be like, don't make your music. Like, if you love that music, you you know, and that represent you, then make your music. Yeah, but if it doesn't, like, where's the balance in the game, man? Yeah, where are the options? That, that, man? That's you know, and, and, and honestly, man, like, 
you know, Common can't be the only person that represents that space. Right. You know what I mean? Like, be. Lupe can't be the only, you know. It can't be. You got to have, there's not, I mean, right now, to me, and this is just my opinion, maybe because I'm, I am a fan, but the best balance that I've seen from an artist right now, and I don't, I don't put Kanye in there because Kanye never talked about that type of stuff. But to me, I would say Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z does provide balance. Like, mm-hmm. he tell people, like, yeah, I sold crack. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't have to do that anymore. But that's mm-hmm. what I did. Yeah. But, like, he also, like, look, I'm mean with the president. Mm-hmm. He's showing you this is where I was at. He's showing this you is where I'm, I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. to. So um, it's balance. That's what he's showing you is balance. Like, yeah, you don't have to do that stuff. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And you got people now. And, and, and you know, I'm not gonna name any of these artists because I'm not taking shots at anybody. I don't, I don't even want to be that. Right. But just like when you have people that I had, I had a, uh, I did a podcast with um, a friend of mine, um, this artist Jimmy Hennessy, and he what said up, something. Jimmy. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know Jimmy. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. And he said something so important, man. He was like, rappers make it now, and they forget about people who were broke. Like you, every rhyme right now. Oh, if you broke, I can't talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how you forget about where you were? Cause mm-hmm. don't get it twisted, at. or where you still yeah. at? Because we know, we know, mm-hmm. we know the game. Like, you know, the the, the regular audience who don't know the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. they don't know that. But we know that you got rappers right now who talk money riding in a Honda Civic mm-hmm. that can't pay their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Like, you, we know what's really going on. But you know, of course, it's entertainment. You got to right. make stuff seem a certain way but it's like man give us a little balance like that's why i love like artists like j cole j cole j cole like man y'all talking that crack my mom on crack so she can she can really tell you about crack Mm -hmm. y'all talking about y'all selling drugs and all that but y'all ain't never touched no you know Mm -hmm. no dope and you know and and then you got like kendra lamar he's another one with the Mm -hmm. balance oh yeah that's that that balance there man like he's showing you what it is but he's showing you what you can be you know what i mean and I think that I think in in the long run that is what's going to help push our culture forward. Yeah. Because right now we have it's just it's too much of the same thing. It is. So to man. push it forward, people are wanting it, and that's what's so that's what's so you know strange to me about the people in executive in executive boardrooms that make executive decisions for these labels. Mm-hmm. You know, are not willing to see that if you just went the other way real quick. You and put that money behind it. You would be, other people do it. It'll be out of here. <laughs> people. People make the music that we hear on the radio now is because there's a demand for it. Yeah. As soon as you snatch that demand away, guaranteed you'll have people rapping like common yeah. every day. Because that's it. If you had ten, just like you say, if you had the labels back ten rappers that's doing music like Common and Lupe, you'll see a shift. Right. You'll see it. it and that's the reason why it's not shifting and because that exactly the machine don't want it to don't shift. want it to shift. They don't want it to shift. That's 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 true. If it ain't broke to them, don't fix it. But it is broken. Like what I don't understand is why they don't see that that it's breaking now, that it's going in a different direction. Mm. Like the powers that be. To me, the powers that be and people that have major hip hop influence. I'll name I'll name four of them. This is not taking any shots. This is just who I feel like have major influence in our culture. Mm, as you saying rappers? Yes. Okay. Artists or business businessmen. Gotcha. Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. All right. Sean Combs. Mm-hmm. Jay Z. 
correct? Let's let's stop there. You can stop there. Those let's stop there. Those people have easily, easily the resources and the funds to to any one of them by themselves single handedly change the culture. Yeah. You're right. Well, <laughs> well I mean, it, it just kills me because it's like um, everybody's just so. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to say selfish, but it gotta be some sort it's, of. I, I think that's a. I think that's a a good word for it is selfishness, man. Yeah, it, man. It's. But you know, speaking on those three people with the influence to do it, it it's all about. I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to sound biased because I am a huge Jay fan, man. But like, even with the artists that he signs, mm-hmm. look at the difference. Right. He's signing artists that got to put in the work for themselves, mm-hmm. but they are doing they they not necessarily like just all lyricists, but they are artists in the purest of form. Like they believe in their craft. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that know that it might take me four or five years to get on. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on in them four or five years, I'm staying on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to that person that come out with that, that hot record that's going to get you know all the spins in the world on the radio, mm-hmm. but two years from now, you, you're you going to forget about yeah. it. Not, it's yeah. not that you're going to be forgotten. They'll make their money, but the sad part is the society and how culture is now, the money, all the money that they make going to be gone for two reasons. Number one, they probably don't have the right people around them mm-hmm. to manage that money the right way. And then they spending like crazy. Mm-hmm. They ain't putting nothing to the side. They forgetting that, yeah, you made a mil- 1.5, but Uncle Sam need half. Mm-hmm. And because you're getting straight cash, you're not putting, you're not saving money mm-hmm. to pay your taxes. You're just blowing it. You're blowing 700000 and you ain't saving no money to pay That's your taxes. Crazy, man. You know what I mean? And it's just like, See, uh, where's the love though? That's where it becomes like a shark business. And to me, nobody has love anymore. Because to me, like I remember, you know, not calling Jay out. But I remember when Jay was like, man, man if Bleak ain't got nothing to worry about for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. He's good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know their relationship. But man, Bleak wasn't never really good like that. No, and, and you know, I I saw another interview with Memphis Bleak. And he was like, that's the biggest misconception that people have about him. They think that he's... Yeah. So straight, he was like him and Jay is is they still good. Like yeah. you know, he go on tour. He pretty much like the hype man yeah, for Jay yeah, on yeah. a lot of stuff. But he was like, man, I still got to put in work. Yeah. Like Jay said that line, but I ain't asking Jay for nothing. Like yeah. I still got to pay my bills, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, you know. At the end of the day, you still got to work for what you want. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I. I what it's, happened it's, to people, the artist development and people really taking their time? Well, artist development, you know, that's gone. Artist development now is you put you put in the footwork and doing everything we'll yourself. Take, yeah, come to a label. We'll take you there. And we'll take you there. Like, they want they want you to, like, for example, you look at, like, an artist like Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa was there. He didn't really need the major. Like, he could have kept doing his own thing because he built a brand and did everything that he wanted to do. And he got to the point where the label was like, okay, now we'll take you in. Let's foot the bill for this dude. And, of course, when you have the machine behind you, you know, that's when you start getting those looks overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's other stuff. Other money comes into play. But, you know, you got to respect people like Mac Miller who said, I don't want to. 
I don't want to go major. I'll stay independent and sell 150 some thousand records. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and do it and, and, and be good to go. But, you know, it's like I do miss those days of artist development, whereas we have the time to wait three years to make mm-hmm. make you who you need to be, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, dude, you got three months and I need mm-hmm. a record like yesterday. If you don't have a record, I'm about to go to somebody else. Good luck trying to get back in the building. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, the the deals that people sign, man. And it's like, yeah, man, I've been there, man. I've been yeah. there. You know, I ain't gonna call out the label, the major label that I just left from about a year ago. But yeah, they gets no love from me. <laughs> they gets no dude, no discussion about nothing. I never forget, man. I don't know if I ever told you this story, dude. Like, um, I used to intern at DTP. Uh-huh. And um, when I was there, I, I learned a lot. I love those guys over there because I really learned a lot about the business. But I also learned how the demo business go. I was in the promo department. And I'll never forget it, man. It's so clear clear as day. Like, you know, you had the people that were in the promo department and you had some people, you know, you had the interns. Uh-huh. So I remember Shaka was like, hey, um, you know, if y'all get a chance, look through those demos. We used to get boxes, like literally, like this crate full of just CDs, demos, whatever. And um, they were like, "Yeah, when you get a chance, you know, listen to them. If you like it, pass it on to the promo department. The promo department like it, they'll pass it on to marketing. Marketing like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Basically, you gotta go. Up the, yeah, it's like you know, so many different ways. Basically, your demo ain't gonna make it, and, you know. And and I never forget, man. I saw I saw uh, Life the Great demo. Wow. I saw your demo. And um Wow. I saw it and you know, and honestly, it was probably something that, you know, I saw it. I already had a relationship with you. So and it wasn't just a relationship, but I knew your music and I liked the music. That was when you had the uh the hustle and flow record. Yeah. yeah. And you know. Um and I was like, Man, y'all need to hear this record. And, you know, promo department, they would listen to it, uh it got tank. And um, Cheatham, and that was back when, um, like, uh, Paris, who he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's good to see it because I I remember Paris was like you know, promoting our Paris is up to him and mm-hmm. Dean like they you know they they up there with they you know with DTP and whatnot, but I was like yeah man y'all need to check out this record, and they loved the record and you know, it moved up. I kept seeing the record move up, and I was like, man, we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And one day I came in in the office, and I heard, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, I'm, you know, the the um the horns playing. And I don't know if it was Luda. I don't know if it was Shaka, but it was in the main office. You know what I'm saying? And I'm hearing people, like, scream. Like, yo, like, who is this? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, man, life about to be on. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know what happened with, I don't know, I don't know what happened with it or or whatever. But it was so, to me, it was just so ironic because the record, anybody that heard that record and the stuff that you're talking about, you know what I mean? It's it's like not necessarily a slap in the face, but it's like talking directly to the majors. Like, Mm -hmm. look, you got the product. What you gonna do with the product? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think in, in my mind, I always think like they heard, they heard that, and they was like, "Man, that's clever. Like, mm-hmm. we need to, you know, try to work with this dude." But I don't know, you know, I really don't know what happened with the situation. Wow. But it was man. just like, 
I was like, man, I never told, I never told him about that. That's crazy. Yeah, man. it was That's like the most know, crazy story I've heard. Yeah, dude, that, it, it's like it's amazing, man. Like. For one, that that's the one thing that I learned there. It was like, it's hard to make it if you're not in the face of, you know, mm-hmm. the label. Because those demos, like, even though your demo made it up the, up the ranks, but there was so many different places that it had to go. And that was a matter of probably, like, over, like, a month and a half. From when I first saw wow. the, the demo and I handed wow. it to Tank and was like, look, dude. Dude, you you need just to, blew me away. You man. need to listen to this record. You know what I'm saying? Away, but it, it's just it's amazing, man. Like just to, you know, to see where stuff goes. Because when you see it, man, and it was like, dude. I mean, we went through. It was hundreds of records that they were telling us to like. If you get a chance, basically saying like, you don't have to get these records. Like if you get an opportunity, look through the records. Like it's not. This is not your priority. Basically, wow. it's like. It was almost like one of those things where as a label, we have to tell you to look through these records because we're getting this mail in, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, dude, there used to be boxes. Like, they, I think you've been to DTP mm-hmm. over there. Like, in their back room, it's just boxes. All those boxes back there, promo material for DTP artists, and the other half are just demos that they get in. Like, and, I was, and that was during the time when, you know, they had Ludacris was dropping... Platinum Plus records. Every time he dropped, they had the um, the uh, that was when the Georgia album had dropped. When they had Phil Mob and then Bobby Valentino, like they were basically they were rolling. You know they were functioning great as a label, and they were getting so much stuff in, man. But it was just like that was just one story. That's crazy, man. I mean, it explains a lot, man. It explains a lot, you know. And you know, Luda just signed on officially as um. The associate producer for Fela for the Broadway mm. musical. So, I, saw, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, man. So one of the people that I'm working with, she facilitated that deal. So we'll see, man. I mean, you know. But yeah, man, it's you know we'll it, see what, what what happens with this new music, man. But that's a crazy story. Yeah, man. That that was one thing. I was like, man, I I never forget that dude. That was that was fun times over there, man. Like I I do miss those days of just that experience. But I, I think for me, I was just at a point where I was. You know, I I, I I figured out that I wanted to do production, and I was like, man, me staying here is not really moving me with mm-hmm. production. You know, I probably moved too quick. Mm-hmm. You know, just me moving on my own, not really listening to God, and then it mm-hmm. just, you know, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, plenty of stories and memories from being over there. Man, that's crazy, man. You probably made a lot of connections, too. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did yeah. make some connections over there, man. But, you know, that's life, man. That, that's yeah. traveling... That's a, that's another story. Just like we said, man. Like, dude, you blew me away with that, man. Like, I gotta make sure that I'm, I'm actually going um, to to um, making this weekend, man. I gotta uh, I gotta sit down and and just just have a talk with my like a real talk with my because me and my dad we talk all the time, man. Right. But like, just that detail combo right. oh, and record are. it. See, think about if you do it every five years, you do where you are right now. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you a conversation five years from now. I'm, I'm totally different. My pops. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's 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 inspiring, man. Because that's like that's stuff that is so easy for us to do, mm-hmm. and we it's don't simple. do it. It's it's so simple, it's dude. Simple. Like one thing um, that m- my wife taught me, man, was like just looking at her her relationship with her grandmother. Like she, her grandmother is like ninety, mm-hmm. you know, up there. She called her grandmother, you know, every week. And when we were dating, you know, I love my grandmother's death, 
but I just never was vocal on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. And that's something like through her that I had to learn, like, look, your grandmothers are precious. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. You don't know. Like, talk to them. And like, it's, man, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, man, who like, dude, no matter what, what's going on in my life, like her connection with God is just like amazing. Like mm-hmm. I can be feeling a certain way. And I called my grandmother and she was like, thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Like she, she know, you know, she got that connection with God. Like, you know, you see those people where it's like, dude, I need to get to where you at. She has that type of connection, man. And, and, and it was, um, that's part of the reason why I'm I'm going down there. It was like probably like a month ago, Mm -hmm. she, uh, broke her ankle and, you know, she's like, uh, um, she's 78. So it doesn't heal like it. It's not going to heal like that. So she basically bedridden right now. You know what I mean? But, you know, I called and talked to her and she was just like, her spirit is so high. Like to be, to know that you're not going to be able to walk for a while. Her spirit was like, man, I feel like a king, a queen. Like everybody, you know, coming in, helping out, doing that. And it's just like, man, just to, you know, just to see it. You know what I mean? Because it's precious time, man. With, with just not even just parents or grandparents, any, but family in general, man. Like, so important, man. It's so important. There's a lot bro. of our history now. Like, think about this. Think about this. Here's the thing. Back in the day, you know, I can't. I, I, I don't like to beat a dead horse, but I just want to drive this, this, this concept that I do home mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, I'm saying the podcast is cool. So happened to catch this conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but I, got I don't you. want to drive it home for you. Like back in the day, right? There used to be stories that were told, like. You know, to the next generation, next generation, you know, and these stories evolve into, you know, that's not even happening really like that anymore. Mm. So let's keep it, like, if we could keep it, you know, yeah, here, Pro Tools, like, I, I just imagine, you know, one day I'm be sitting down with my, my sons or my daughters, knock on wood, if my dad is not alive, and be like, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> You want to know about your granddad? You know Here you go. Grandpa? There you go, right there. That's it. I'll let him tell his story. I'll let him to you. tell his story to you. Yeah. And we listen to, to it together. Yeah. You know? That's dope, man. Yeah. That's like, that's that's one of those things, like, you know how that's, that's a God moment, dude. Like, you mm-hmm. just need it to, that's something that you needed mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I'm doing that, dude. Like, I'm, I'm with my whole family. Like, it's, yeah, do it. it it's got to be done, dude, because that's like, it's so important. You know what I mean? Cause it's so, and then the thing is, you know how it's like um, Big Boy was talking about, you know, his, his new project, Vicious Lies mm-hmm. and, and Dangerous Rumors. The idea of that was from his grandmother. She was going to write a tell-all book about the family. And it's like, mm-hmm. she passed. She didn't get a chance. You know, she didn't, she decided not to do it, but she passed anyway. But it's like, just him talking about that, it's kind of like one of those things where her grump and hold on, I might I might be wrong in saying she I think she did pass. Don't don't quote me on that. But anyway, she didn't tell the story. But it's kinda like you know how when people die you find out so much stuff about them? Whether good or bad, right, right, you right, find right. out so much stuff about right. them. And the thing is with that, you don't know how much of that stuff is true. Right. You don't know how much of it is fabricated, right, right, you know, right. how much is added onto it. But they talk to people when they're alive, man. You hear their story, their way, from their perspective, and it's like, 
That, it, that's that's just man. That's you know how you go to funerals, right? And like you, what you were saying, you hear people telling stories, and they mm-hmm. just make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Imagine if somebody plays something at a funeral. Yeah. Yeah, a dude. Snippet like a little thirty seconds. Yeah, that's it. Cause like man, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, you know, earlier I was telling you about my my great granddad, Papa. When he passed, um, they asked me to to speak at the funeral. You know, um, as the great grandkids or whatever and everybody you know everybody was just sad man and i and i got up there dude and i, and I remember it like it was yesterday i got up there and i was like you know they called him ike that's what everybody called i was like you know the first thing i said was like man i don't know who ike is <laughs> like i know him as papa <laughs> and i was like until i was about 12 i thought his name was papa you know what i mean <laughs> kind of lighten the mood yeah, man because yeah, everybody yeah. was so sad i was like man like honestly if papa was here he wouldn't want us all moping around right. man like he in a better place. He's celebrating right now. And, you know, I told the story, the one story that sticks with me and will stick with me forever with my um, great-granddad is, like, every year, because he stayed in, like, a senior cit- uh, citizen, you know, the assistant home. Yeah, yeah, home every year for Christmas. We would go there. He had, like, this, these mayonnaise jars, right, plastic, filled with quarters, right? That's what he had. He had, like, he had stacks. We had one with pennies. And, you know, he just had, like, rolls of them. Separated it. Separated them. So, every year, you know, when you got older, you moved up to a different coin. So, one, by the time you're, like, a teenager. Dope. Yeah, by the time you're a teenager, you was in quarters. So, i never forget, dude. I was probably, like, maybe 16 or 17 years old. And, you know, I reached in there. And I pulled out about 20, like, anywhere between, like, 17 and $20 worth of, you know, of coins. Quarters. He was like, you got too old. <laughs> you won't put your hand in there no more. But it was like, <laughs> it was a funny story, but it was like, <laughs> it's, it's showing responsibility. It's, it's showing tradition. It's showing so That's much so stuff. Cool. Like, I'm forever connected with my, my, um, my papa from that one story. Like, putting my hand in a quarter, like, in a jar full of quarters and pulling it That's out. Dope. And he was like, yeah, he was like, man, that's you too old. Like, you too old for when you pull out that much, you too old. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, you can't put your hand in it no more. It was just so funny. But, you know, that's just, I just had a memory of my, of my uh, great granddad. But, like, that's that's what he did. You know what I mean? And it's just like you said, dude, it, it's so important to talk to family when they're still here. You and know then, you mean? know, too, also, like, man, for me, like, asking me, asking my dad questions. Like, I, I, I'm going front. I put him, I put him in uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. too purposefully yeah like for one my dad told me this story this is not an uncomfortable situation I'm talking about it's just something that came to, yeah. came to mind so my dad told me this story he was like um yeah you know me and your uncle you know me and my uncle John they used to go when they first got to the states they used to all live together mm-hmm. so none of them had a lot of hair back then afros was, was yeah. the, the truth you know <laughs> So they went to a wig shop, right? <laughs> and they bought a they bought one afro though. And they all shared afros like <laughs> Monday through Wednesday, you'll get the oh, fro. Oh man. Then like, you know, Wednesday through Friday, you'll get the fro. Yeah. And another partner who got the fro on the weekends, right? That's so classic. He was, just, he was just telling me like, you know, people gonna be like, What happened to your hair? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Next week they're like, You got this hair back again, you know. So it's stories like that. I took that story to my uncle and I said, when I sat down with him, I was yeah. like, so my pops was telling me about this story about you with this Afro. And it, it's so interesting to see how their stories conflict and yeah. each one of them tried to put things on the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. the little funny things that happen, you know, but, you know, it was certain things in my life that happened when I was younger on a serious note mm. that 
between my mom and his relationship. Yeah. You know. I'm yeah, hey, man, I'm grown. It happens. So pops, you know. What's up? What happened? Mm-hmm. I remember ABC incident. Yeah. As a grown man, what, what was you at? I want to know. Like, yeah. What happened? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's moments like those two that was clarity for me. That helped me get through a lot of things that I was dealing with. Yeah. Based upon seeing that those certain situations, you know, that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, my pops overcoming what he overcame. You know, it was therapy, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it therapeutic, therapy. man, because it, it's so much stuff that. I mean, a child, as a child, you see things and you remember. Mm-hmm. But also as a child, you bury them because you don't feel like it's appropriate to bring it back up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's plenty of stuff I saw as a child. Like, one thing that I have the utmost respect for, both not just my father, but my, my mother as well. Like, whenever they argued when I was younger, they did it behind closed doors, but they made up in front of me. You see what I'm saying? Oh, that's dope. Like, they would argue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was a young couple. Mm-hmm. They were arguing. Well, they weren't even really like, you know, young couple, but still, you know, 20, you got a kid and you're in your 20s, you're still young. But mm-hmm. they will argue behind closed doors and make sure that I, you know, I can, you can hear them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when they made up, that door was open and I saw them hug or kiss or hold hands with the door That's open. Dope. Like, so I saw, you know, it was kind of like, son, you don't need to see what we arguing about. Mm-hmm. But you do need to see that we made up from mm-hmm. what we were arguing about. You know what I'm saying? And that was so important. Like, I didn't realize it, you know, then as I'm going through, like, you know, went through marriage counseling and stuff like that. I realized, like, I needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I needed to see that. That's dope, man. Yeah. I mean. And that is so important about- now, you know, taking that into, you know, a marriage, dude. Like, to. Yeah. Remember stuff like that, man, because it's so it's important, dude. Like you know, every it's gonna be times when you just don't feel like dealing with that yeah, person. Man. Like you it know, happens. you gotta, especially being you've been on your own your whole you know your whole life, and now you gotta share space, space mental, your mental life, space everything space. with somebody that you never had to do. Yeah, and that's like it's not easy. It's not that's easy. when you're like, okay, it's not about me; it's about us. Let me. You know, and you, and you take those little bits and pieces, man. Like, I tell people, my folks, we went on vacation every year. No matter if it went, was like in making, I mean, I, I grew up, I'm so tired of Florida because we, I've seen, you know, that's the closest place. Right, right, right. We went everywhere. Like, any major city in Florida, we've been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But now, as an adult, I see just how important it is yeah. to take, just spend, if, if, if just a weekend, yeah. spend that quality time growing up. When yeah. it was time to eat, we sat at the table right, together right, 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 as a family right, and right, ate. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's like... That's important, man. It's so important that I see now as an adult male that growing up probably agitated me. You know what I'm saying? But it's like now it's like, man, yeah, yeah. I get it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like that stuff is so important, dude. It's, it's so important. It's life, man. And I think, you know, but the, the one thing, you know, to, to bring what you said back into the music... The one thing our responsibility is as, you know, I won't say elderly people. I'll just say more seasoned mm-hmm. music lovers and music uh, hip-hop, you know, enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. I think it's our responsibility to show the newcomers 
how how great you can be with a good balance. Mm. And so to give them that wisdom. I remember hearing um like Diddy and Pharrell just talking about they used to call Russell Simmons like the, the godfather, like mm. you know, like he was the father that was with so much wisdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? To give to these business people about the hip hop music industry. Mm. And that needs to come back. You know what I mean? Needs to come back. Man, yeah, I know. Man. We we've been talking for a while. I know you yeah, got yeah. you got you got you got yeah, a role, man. man. I, got, I got a role, man. Um, I, got a role. I do appreciate you sitting down um talking with us for actually a little over an hour, man. So um no problem. But before you get out out of here, it's uh first if you can give them any contact info where they can yeah, reach you. You can contact me if you wanna um, you know, get some of the music or you want to just contact me for bookings or anything at contact Lloyd Musa L L O Y D M U S A at Gmail dot com. Also Lloyd Musa on all of your um on all of your social networks, Life the Great on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm in here. I'm out here. I'm working. You know, you guys should enjoy the music. Jay, Definitely. I appreciate you, man. No, man. Thank Straight you, man. Straight out the den. Yeah, man. Straight out the den. We, we working, man. Like, and, and the last thing before you go. Yes, sir. On all our podcasts. Yes, sir. We try to end on a high note. Yes, sir. Give us some bars, man. <laughs> anything. It can be anything you want. Okay. <clears throat> I ain't looking for no record deal to solidify If what I be spitting fire Shawty, I epitomize Rappers that don't be talking about what they really live in life Maybe they thinking like They ain't got no life worth living With nothing interesting to talk about That's probably why they be talking about women Like we ain't come from them What you, what you dumb dumb? Even your daddy wanted some Okay, I went too far. That's only if you young. I got a little three-stack semi mixed with New Jack City. I'm like Nas on the stoop, telling stories to the youth. Oh, wait, maybe he's in the park. Either way, his flow is sharp. Then he used it up and belly, reached up in his pelly pelly, pulled out some juice as he flicked the ash off his cigar. Compare me to the sun if you call me a star. Don't compare me to these imbeciles who sound and whack in their interviews. They all have them suck. They'd rather listen to interludes. They barely afloat like a half-blown inner tube in the pool of music on Michael Phelps, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, and anyone Michael else, except maybe Michael Knight, but my car kitted up, my album stay hard, y'all boys can't get it up, my partner say live it up, or be a whore, kill yourself, give it up. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, my up, father calling me. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to him about it, man. Hey, yeah, brother, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate, appreciate you, man. you too, man. We out, man. Yes, sir.